Welcome back, Padawans, to episode 18 of the JMR Podcast. I'm your host, Jelani, a.k.a. Jedi Master Ren, and I'm going to take you on a trip to a galaxy far, far away. On tonight's journey, we're going to discuss a new theory pertaining to Star Wars Jedi Survivor, as well as the routine's decade-long delay. We're also going to discuss my personal best theories throughout my gaming history. If you like what I'm doing here, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It'll help the show reach more Padawans. You can follow the show on Twitter at the JMR Podcast, and there are also links there for you to send in a hologram if you want to be featured on the show. Uh, remember, guys, you can also use my code Jelani40328, that's J-E-L-A-N-I 40328, at Zox.LA to get 10% off your new favorite strap. Now, I'm telling you, it is going to be your new favorite strap. Like, I'm telling you that I, I feel like it will be. If you if you get a strap, I feel like it's going to be your new favorite strap because that's what happened with me. I, got, I bought one and... It literally has, I mean, like, I, I love them. I literally love them. And every time somebody asks me, I get giddy and, and excited. And I do see some people with them, you know, when I'm out in public, guys. And it is it is literally, like, the best thing. Because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've got the itch, you know. And then when I hear that, like, well, they're like, my friend gave them to me. I'm like, that's awesome. Because that's a whole, that's their whole thing is, like, you want to, you know, you want to give this, you want to give them out. If somebody's asking and, you know, just give that to them. And then that's going to show them like, wow, like this is awesome. Like this community is awesome as well. So it's something that I, again, am passionate about. And I would like you guys to, if you like to check it out, look and see, see what the company is about. See if that's something that you would like. And if you do use that code, you can get 10% off your first order. All right, guys, but let's jump to hyperspace. All right, we're good? Okay, cool. Now that we're in hyperspace, let's uh, first touch on and briefly touch on the games that I've been playing. So my Jedi trainings for the last week. So realistically, guys, you know, life has happened. Life has hit hard like a brick wall. So I have not had a lot of time to uh, play video games. It's just with work and everything, realistically. But um, so the only thing that I've really had time to touch on um, was the classic collection with the new PS Plus. And I, again, I really wanted to try Toy Story 2 and Siphon Filter. Siphon Filter, really, because obviously I've heard a lot of good things. I've heard praise from this game. So I was really excited to get into that. Um, so I did play that for a couple hours the other day. And that's really where we're going to touch on. So, you know, I... The gameplay is surprisingly all right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Listen, you know. It's not... It's, it's you know, it's a PS1 game. It is what it is. But it's it's not like, you know, with the controls... They knew what they were doing. That's the thing. Like, at the time, you can see they, they knew what was going to be kind of janky, you know, with just what they were working with. And the type of controls that they use, like um, being able to hold, you know, a trigger down and it just locks onto your target at all times. And you can just hold that down and you're good to go. And it just makes it a lot easier because the aiming is not the best. It's just, it's inverted. And I there might be a way to change it. I, I, did, I really wasn't worried about it because I didn't really use the aiming mechanic that much. You know, I didn't really have to. Because again, you can just hold the, I think it's R1... And you just, it just locks onto that, uh, whoever's in front of you. And then obviously when they're dead, you got to go to the next one. So that was, it, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Now the real thing that I was having trouble with was actually controlling, you know, the dude. I don't remember what his name is, but controlling him, the, your character, that was kind of difficult. You know what I mean? He's just swaying left to right. I couldn't keep him straight. You know, I, I kind of got it towards the end of my playthrough for, uh, you know, those couple hours, but that was that was very difficult to kind of get around. So, you know, I usually would just kind of stop, take out the enemies, and then keep on trucking. I did get stuck in a part, and I'm pretty sure I'm still stuck. You know, that's probably why I kind of just stopped playing it for the night. Because I can't figure out what it wants me to do. It's asking me to find um, one of my targets. And I'm trying to go towards the target. When I go towards the target, wherever the blip is on the map... It says that I'm leaving the objective area, but I'm going towards the target. So I'm a little confused what's going on. I might need to just reload and do something else because I might have done something. There might be something going on. Who knows? But um, I did play Toy Story 2 a little bit as well. And oddly enough, I already have this game on the PS1. Or on the PS1. On uh, the PS Vita. So 
I've already, you know, I was playing through the first level and I was like, I fe this feels very familiar. This feels very familiar. And I was like, when I got down to the living room, I was like, yeah, this is, this is literally the game that I have on the PS Vita. So, and, or even in the crib, when you're, um, you're having to go in the you very first time that you go into first person and you see Buzz's face, like, you know, the reflection of his face inside of the, uh, his little dome. And it's hilarious because it's like, wow, they did that. <laughs> but either way, it's just, you know, uh, I remembered that as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, yeah, I do remember being here and doing that already. So, but the fun thing is there's that rewind feature. Now, when I was playing Toy Story 2, I didn't know how to use the rewind feature because there was no um, instructions for using the rewind. There, there was nothing that popped up, nothing at all to say like, hey, you know, use the actual pause or options button on the PS5 and it will pause the game for you or it will take you to that menu where you can rewind. There was just, A, it says you use um, the D-pad to press start on the right and select on the left, obviously. So that's all it said. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. It is what it is. And then when I was playing Siphon Filter, I accidentally pressed pause, you know, just out of habit with that. And then it popped up. I was like, huh, cool. Okay. So I do want to go back and try Toy Story 2 with that rewind feature because I was falling off a lot and missing little things a lot. And I was like, you know, where's the rewind feature? Where's this at? So I found it. I want to go back and try it with that. But those are my Jedi trainings for the week, guys. Let's get into our two holograms for the night. So, first up, we've got the theory about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So, this was from CBR.com, titled Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order May Be Hiding a Major Survivor Clue. This is by Scott Tobin. He writes, As Jedi Survivor approaches, fans have begun to theorize about the new Star Wars game, and some have found a potential clue hidden in Fallen Order. Recently, gamers got their first official glimpse of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the highly anticipated sequel to the critically and commercially successful Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It didn't take long for fans to begin speculating about the game's storyline. Some of these fans' theories very well may hold water, and continued theorizing has led to more and more interesting ideas. The fact that Disney Plus has recently established some strong connections between the Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries and Fallen Order has only opened wider the floodgates of gamer speculation. This has led some fans to return to the original game for possible clues, and one theory in particular has definitely stood out as very plausible. To understand this theory, comprehension of the databank in Fallen Order is vital. Through a combination of Cal's own force ability to learn an object's history and BD-1's traditional scanners, players can pick up data entries littered around the game. Though often found out of order, once a full set of these data entries are collected, a player can go back and read or hear a little side story related to the plot or universe of the game. This is not a particularly new or unique game mechanic, as such things such as Letters or voice recordings have been a staple of story-driven single-player games for several years now, ever since they popularized in the Bioshock series, which still holds up magnificently in 2022. These data entries are common because they are easy ways to build up a world's lore and make it feel more lived in. This can often be one of the most important game mechanics, as they can sometimes hint at the secrets of clues related to a future entry in that game's franchise. Some fans of Fallen Order believe they have found just such a clue. In the later hours of Fallen Order, players can explore the wreckage of a Venator-class spaceship on the planet Zepho. It is here where players can find the data entries related to a Jedi Master named Kiata and her Padawan Marsef. According to the entries, the ship had crashed on Zepho, following a harsh battle with the Separatist battleship near the end of the Clone Wars. Both Master and Padawan survived the crash itself, along with a handful of clone troopers, but were stranded on the isolated planet when the infamous Order 66 was enacted. The two Jedi fought for their lives against the clones who turned on them, holding out for some time. In the end, unfortunately, Jedi Master Kiata died protecting Marsif. As the 10th data entry in this set states, quote, a Jedi Master died here, buried by her Padawan in a shallow grave. 
the Padawan succumbed to his wounds soon after, end quote. However, this is not the end of the story. A final 11th entry in this set reads, quote, a dead clone, but he wasn't killed in the crash. He appears to have been killed by a lightsaber, end quote. Due to this last data entry, some fans are theorizing that Marseth survived Order 66 and has begun a new life of vengeance, somewhat similar to Terran Malakus from Fallen Order. Though the earlier data does say Marsif succumbed to his wounds, this does not necessarily mean he died. It could simply mean that stress and his injuries caused him to fall unconscious, which is what this theory suggests. Interestingly, while most of these data entries are in a completely optional area that many players may have missed or skipped, that final 11th data entry is found on the main story path, very close to a major showdown with the second sister earlier in the game. The entry is also a rare life essence echo, which increases Cal's maximum health, ensuring that most players will, in fact, pick up this particular entry. Finally, the icing on the cake is that the 11th data entry is titled, quote, Survivor. If this theory turns out to be true, fans could be seeing Marsif become a major character in Survivor. He may even be the mysterious figure in the Bacta tank that was shown in the first trailer. As it's been reported that Survivor will be a much more complex and mature entry than its predecessor, a surviving Padawan who turned to darker choices could be a very interesting foil to Cal's own storyline. Fans will have to wait to see if this theory holds when Star Wars Jedi Survivor releases in 2023. Boy, I, I'm telling you, like, that, that is plausible. That's very plausible. The fact that, you know, again, the 11th, that, that part at the end, the 11th data point was found on the main path, main story path, and it's titled Survivor. Boy, I'm telling you, like that, that, mm -hmm, I don't know, that sounds like something, you know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds like we knew this whole time, it was right there, and we've seen developers do that before. So I would not be surprised if that's not it. And to tie that in like that, not not bad. Not bad for lore. I love the lore. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's really good. That's really good. I, I really want to go in or go back into the game and see these data points. Because, obviously, I, I haven't gotten these data points. I have no idea. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, again, the Survivor one, you should have gotten. So, I feel like I had seen that one before. But, obviously, I mean, it's been a couple years since I've played that game. So, you know, we'll have to check it out and see. But I would like to go and, you know, get all of the data points and really flesh out that storyline so I could really engorge it for myself. You know what I mean? But I, it's, it's really, really cool to see that if this is the case, they laid the groundwork in the first game. And it's cool to see developers do that, to see them think, you know, in kind of like four dimensions and they're like, you know, this is one game that we're making. And yeah, it may not, you know, it may not hit. And if it doesn't hit, that means that we can't do another one. But if it does hit, then we can put things in the first one that will kind of, you know, all right. It doesn't necessarily point to a sequel, which realistically, it, you know, the ending does point to a sequel, you know. So they were already doing that. But and I, you know, and I'm in my head, I'm thinking of Days Gone. Like, you know, they didn't get a sequel, but they definitely put a sequel in there. You know, they were definitely trying to get a sequel. I did not get to the ending, but I've, I've heard everything about the ending. So it, it is what it is. So, like, it, it, developers do that. They're trying to get to a sequel. That's the whole point. And, but to see them put little, you know, crumbs, possibly, potentially, in the first game. That's what, I, that's what I like to see. They're thinking about the lore, and obviously they were because of all of these data points that are around there. This is not the only string of data points but that, that flesh out the universe, but this is just one in many. And the fact that, again, one in many in a sea of them could potentially point to a sequel. We're going to have to wait and see. Because I honestly, I did not know. Other thing, other thing. When we first talked about this trailer, I said that this was the... Grand Inquisitor, and or I said, why 
this this Grand Inquisitor doesn't look as threatening, or not, sorry, the Grand Inquisitor in Kenobi doesn't look as threatening as this Grand Inquisitor in this. He's not the Grand Inquisitor. So, and I said, like, I even said, they look like two different dudes. They were two different dudes. <laughs> so, though that was not the Grand Inquisitor, and that is not the Grand Inquisitor. That He's in some kind of, you know, official office, and he's in, um, what is it? Uh, Coruscant. It looks like, if you're looking out the window, it looks like he's in Coruscant. And he may be the same, you know, species as um, the Grand Inquisitor, but he definitely is not the Grand Inquisitor, un- unfortunately. I And it, that that's not from my, or, you know, I just heard that on a YouTube video, and they were like, no, or this, uh, I think I believe it's the Star Wars Theory. I believe that's what it's called, or what his uh, YouTube channel's called. But he was like, no, that can't be, you know, he, look, he even said, yeah, it looks like the Grand Inquisitor, but that looks like it's Coruscant. It, he, you know, he doesn't look like he, he's in robes and everything. And I was like, ah, dang, you know, I didn't even catch the robes. You know what I mean? So it, he, I just was looking at the face. <laughs> But, so, again, maybe the same species, but probably not the Grand Inquisitor in reality, even though we are dealing with the Inquisitors in, you know, this new franchise. So, either way, guys, I am very pumped, very excited for the second iteration of Star Wars Jedi, because I guess that's what the, the game itself, or what the series itself is, and... Obviously, we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I cannot wait for the second iteration of this game. And I cannot wait to see where Cal Kestis' story goes. If he fights Vader, if he fights Vader again, you know, like I I just I'm very pumped and I can't wait. I, I really can't like 2023 can't come sooner. Cannot. But either way, we're going to get to our next holocron, guys. And we're going to talk about the new game routine. This was a game that I for, uh, uh, first initially saw at the Summer Games Fest. Um, you know, I've only watched about half of it. And again, I've been so busy, I've not had time to even watch the Xbox showcase. So I haven't seen anything really. I know some stuff, you know, they've talked about Starfield and stuff like that. But I, I'm trying to stay away from Xbox, you know, showcase news. Because I want to be able to, you know, experience that plur, you know, just... As I'm watching it, you know, but it is what it is if I get it spoiled. You know, I'm not really worried about it in in particular. I still am going to watch it whenever I have the time. But, you know, two hours of watching it, I'm like, I don't really, I don't have two hours to watch it right now. (laughs) But it is what it is. So, um, if that's going to, hopefully, that's going to start to get a little bit better. But, um, right now, I, I watched about half of it. And at the at one of them, about uh, a third way through, this game popped up. It's called The Routine. And it's uh, Survivor Horror. That's what it looks like. And I didn't know. You know, it's just, again, first time I've seen it. But apparently, this is, game was announced 10 years ago. So what happened? That's the title of this article we're about to read. By Samantha Guillambra Plysense. Sorry if I said that wrong. With an eerie setting... And Dark Story, sci-fi horror game Routine is finally underway after being announced a decade ago. Why has it taken so long? After a whopping 10 years of development, Routine has finally been brought back into the spotlight, resurfacing during 2022 Summer Games Fest. Though it doesn't have a public release date yet, sci-fi horror fans were thrilled at the re-reveal of the trailer. From what's been shown so far, Routine is an indie-developed, first-person science fiction horror game that takes place on an abandoned interstellar base. Based on a vision of the future from the 80s, the game looks to venture into territory no game has gone before. The trailer showcases the game's demented and sinister setting, reminding players of the first time they ever saw such a terrifying endeavor. While it isn't a rarity for games to suddenly drop off the face of the planet, for maybe one to two years. The fact that Routine seemingly disappeared for 10 years after its initial trailer is odd. So what happened? Developers from Lunar Software stated that the uh, that they weren't happy with the original result and wanted to hit the refresh button on the game entirely to get it right. During an interview, developers also made it known they were surviving on a minimal budget and financial toll 
became too much for them to handle. To stay afloat, developers began working on routine part-time to focus on other projects that would generate the capital they needed. They felt as though they had let themselves, their friends, families, and all their loving fans down. While this wasn't the case at all, they did what they needed to provide gamers with a -a one-of-a-kind experience, and based on what's been shown off so far, this was the right decision in the long run. The developers made a very impactful statement, saying, quote, To everybody who has waited both long and short, we want to say thank you for all the, of the love, support, and patience. We're excited to be back and working with the raw fury so we can finally bring routine to you, end quote. Routine gives heavy alien isolation vibes with its terror-inducing exploration and 80s-themed aesthetic. Players will begin their descent into the dark unknown, where their harmless curiosity turns into a frantic frantic fight for survival. Players will come face-to-face with the creature that only appears in their worst nightmares. To make matters worse, the creature fully believes that the player is its only threat in life and must do anything to eradicate them for existence entirely. The main objective of the game is to figure out why everyone on the lunar base has suddenly vanished without a trace. While this might seem like an easy feat, players will be surprised to learn that they are not only ones lurking within the darkest depths of the base. Players will have to think on their feet, running and hiding from creatures that lie in wait around every corner. Players will roam through the base's endless sectors, including abandoned living quarters and even a mall, all while their air is thick with the smell of deterioration and decay. Using modules that unlock functionalities for the character's cosmonaut assistant tool, players will be able to make upgrades and better their chances for survival. While there isn't much information yet about gameplay, features, or the storyline, the trailer showcases the eerie and decrepit lunar base as in all of its glory. Even even just looking at the empty void that is the hallway gives anyone watching an overwhelming sense of dread. Those who have seen the trailer are more than excited for Routine to make its way to platforms later this year, and hopefully, as the days pass, more information will be made available soon. Alright guys, so that is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, the trailer is wild. It's it's just, it's very cinematic, it feels like, you know, and they're, they're very right when they're saying it, it feels like alien isolation, in a sense, because again, 80s aesthetic and eerie setting, so, you know isolation cool but it's very dark you know that when you when you're starting to walk down the player starting to walk down the steps and then you you're walking you're you're seeing this robot just i think he's eating somebody you know and you're like oh my god what the hell is going on like what is the, what is this and then there's a robot behind him you're like oh jeez and that's it that's all you get so i'm just like boy yeah that was it i jumped out of my seat you know what i'm saying like i don't know how i'm gonna do callisto protocol i really don't i'm gonna try guys i'm telling you i'm gonna try but i don't know how i'm gonna do it <laughs> i don't i don't really like scary games you know i'm not i'm not really into scary games i i want to try them it's not that i don't want to you know i played a decent amount of biohazard maybe half and then i was like yeah, no i'm i'm good i'm good but like and, like, I, I played Dead Space back in the day, you know, when I was a kid. I liked Dead Space. I'm going to try Dead Space as well. And that's why I'm going to try Callisto, because it's due to play, you know, who uh, made the first game. So, er, and some people made the second one. So, I I really want to, I, I do want to try it. And I want to see if I can get through it. But it is what it is. But this game, I'm... Who knows? Like, the fact that they did, you know, okay, they're going to take a decade off. Not even... That they wanted to, obviously. You can see that they didn't. But that's something that they had to do. You know what I mean? Like, and if it made the game better, if they got, if they did that so they could get funds to better this game, and it seems like it's, I mean, shoot. You couldn't tell me that it was announced 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, technology has changed so much. Like, the gaming industry has changed so much in 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, you announced a game 
and now we're on a PS5. We were, what were we on, 2012? We're on the 360 PS3 generation, man. Like, dang, that's wild. So your whole, their whole entire operation changed to show us what we show, what we saw on, what was that, on the 9th. So it's, you know, like, that's going to take a while. That's going to take a while to change their vision, in a sense, to get it, you know, to look and play the way that they want to on these newer, better, faster hardware. And it's probably a little easier for them, hopefully. And, you know, they can get it out this year. That's cool, too. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that we hear a little bit more about this. Again, if they, the fact that they kind of did the right thing for them and took it, took it back to the drawing board... And we're like, you know what, guys, we've got to we got to take a step back and we've got to really, you know, figure out what's going on and take priority of our of our company. And it obviously paid off, you know, so good for them. Good that we're we're seeing the, the flourishes of their work, you know, and I hope to see more so we can really, you know, start to give them more and more praise. Because I'm telling you this, if you're into horror, into that, like, and I wouldn't even say like that survival horror, you know, if you're into that genre, this game is for you. I'm telling you. And I might be trying this one out as well. And God, I kind of want to try out Resident Evil 4 Remake, you know, like, God, they're getting me in. They're roping me in like they're roping me because it's just like they look so good. That's just the thing. Like, I, I want to at least try it. That's how I so I got into Alien Isolation. The di But what sucked, what sucked with that is that I played that by myself while I was at um, I was in college, and my roommate was gone for the weekend, so I was just by myself first weekend with the um with the game, and that night I played it with the lights off, bro, and I'm like, oh, this is I'm hearing shit, and I'm like, oh god, no, 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 I'm just like, you know what, I don't, I don't think this is for me, I don't think this is for me, so had to turn that off, had to take that back, <laughs> but all right. We're going to land this puppy, right? We're going to land it, and we're going to start discussing my top 10 favorite series in gaming, right? So these are series that are, I'm discussing any games, like I said, that are two, that have two or more entries and that I have been playing for years and that I see myself playing for years to come, you know? We're going to do this in no particular order at first. We're just going to do a list of just what came to my head first and foremost, and then we're going to rank them. So, because I want to just have a discussion for each of them and why I even put them on this list, you know? So, we're going to go. We're going to start here. So, the first game that I put, and when I was thinking of this list, is Gears of War. Immediately. Immediately. Because that game has such a a special place in my heart, you know? Like, I, I absolutely adore this that game. And it was a game that my, my best friend and I, Brandon, that we tackled together, you know, at least, uh, well, you know, one through three and well, shoot, no one through judgment. And then, you know, um, I helped him beat four. I beat four on my own and then I, uh, ended up helping him beat four. So the, and it felt like we were getting back to normal. So we're trying to plan, you know, times to get together and play through five. Because I really want to play through it with him and him. I like I haven't really beaten five. I've just played. I think I've played through the first quarter of it because I've I've gotten to the second biome and I haven't really played much else since I've gotten to the second biome because I wanted to put a pause on it and wait until I can you know uh, play it with my buddy because I want to get that kind of feeling back of you know us being kids and just like hanging out and playing together and you know he's doing his own thing obviously I'm doing mine and we you know we don't really see each other that much so I'm really trying to get that together but. You know, this game kind of brought me into a, a more adult gaming, you know, in a sense. Because I I really just felt like, I you know, I hadn't played anything else before this. And I hadn't seen anything else before this. And, uh, you know, the way that I got away with getting this game, you know, when I, I think I was maybe like 14, 15. And uh, my parents were not strict, but they were, you know, they were a little strict. And they didn't want me playing things. I think the way that I got away with it was um, that it was aliens that we were killing, right? The locusts and the lambin. So I, I think that was the reason why I kind of got away with it. But um, it, it, it's it's a really 
awesome series and it, it's a breathtaking series in 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 reality because it's i mean they're just story beats in this that really got me as a as a you know growing boy like i just you know hurt you know i i felt hurt in from this game and it's not it's not it's just good writing and it's good storytelling and it's being with these characters for as long as i had been with them and it's i i felt their pain you know and it's just i'm, I'm more talking about uh gears 3 stuff but there it, it's this game is special the these games this series i apologize this series is really special and it's something that I will always cherish, and it's always going to be my absolute favorite series. Absolutely. So, next series, Forza Horizon. Now, I found out that I have actually played every single Forza Horizon. I didn't realize that um, I started on two. That's when I started. I thought I started on three. And I realized, no, I started on two. So, I played two on the um, on the Xbox One. And I believe that was the first game that I played on the Xbox One. And then obviously 3 came out on the Xbox One and 4 did. And then obviously we're at 5 now. But all of, I mean, and 5 came out on the Xbox One too, either way. But we're at 4 and 5 are now on Xbox Series consoles. And I have played every single new console that I've gotten. So every Xbox that I've gotten new, first game I play is Forza. Very first game. Uh, because I feel like that just shows the power. So when you get the S version, I think that's the one that I have. I had the S version of the Xbox from the very first Xbox, the VCR one. And VCR one, first game I had, bought, was Forza Horizon 2. And I absolutely, like I'm telling you, seeing the raindrops on the windshield was breathtaking. Like absolutely at the time, you know what I mean? And even now, doing the same thing in in for in uh forza horizon 5 on the series console you know so like it's i love this game and it's always like an icebreaker into my new xbox and that's i, I love that this is the game that kind of breaks it in and gears does too because i did play a little bit of um of gears i believe it was four no maybe it was five maybe it was a little bit of five on the series console I think that is where I was playing it, yeah. So, either way, I did break it in a little bit with Gears, but I usually, first thing I go to, the very first game when I, when I booted up, is Forza Horizon. So, when I got the Series X console, it was the Forza Horizon 4 that I booted up. I know I said uh, in a previous episode, I said it was 5, and I couldn't, I was very confused. I was like, no, because 5 came out when I already had the console. And I was like, no, what? But I know I was playing Forza Horizon when I first got it. It was 4. I was playing the the Xbox Series X version of 4. I was continuing my save. That's what I was doing. So it was that was my breaking in the console. And I always do that. And I don't know why. It's just kind of like a normal just thing for me to do. You know, now, like, I just boot up Forza Horizon, every new one, just to kind of see what that is. And it's probably from trying to get that nostalgia from that very first time that I booted up the Xbox One and got that, like, wow, this is the future of gaming, you know? So, next series on the list, Assassin's Creed. I've already touched on this when I was talking last week about uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Y'all know, I I mean, realistically, all of these uh, series I love, you know? But the Assassin's Creed... I had just, I've been playing that, I don't, I mean, it feels like I've been playing that forever, you know? Like, that's the one game that feels like I've been playing since the very first one, and I'm gonna continue to play them. Like, you know, like, I'm gonna at least give them a shot each time, and just to see. I hope that they do something different with this new generation of Assassin's Creed. Hopefully, do something different, Ubisoft, please, but... Uh, you know, it is what it is. If they don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sweat it. I'm, I'm gonna try if they, cause again, especially if they change up the formula, it, you know, it depends on what the setting is too. Cause tell me, I really wasn't, wasn't into the last one. Really wasn't in, I was into it again, partway, partway for Odyssey, but not very much. Dude, they just keep, they keep bloating it, dude. Like that's just it. I don't like it. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, but yeah, Assassin's Creed, even... E I'm telling you, I have love for the original ones, too. I want to I wanna play Syndicate. I believe Syndicate is uh, has a 60 FPS uh, boost on Xbox. I might try to get it on Xbox 
so that I can play through that game again. Even Unity, I think Unity does too. I might, I might try that. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Because I, I, I'm. Those are my two. I think pinnacle original version of like Assassin's Creed games. I think those are the best ones. But I like them all. You know, to an extent. To an extent, you know. Again, but the original, the Origins is my penultimate version of Assassin's Creed. I love that game. That's the best one out of all of them. So that's where I'm that's where I'm laying the foot down. All right, next series. I might catch some slack for this. I don't care. Cuz we're already getting two is announced. Two is already announced, guys. And we're going to get into a deeper discussion anyway. But we're talking about the Insomniacs Spider-Man. And yes, I said Spider-Man because we're talking about Spider-Man Peter Parker and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Two different ones. They're the Spider-Men. But it's already two games, right? They already came out with two of them. So we're talking about the Spider-Man universe. But what if we were talking about something else? What if we were talking about Insomniac's Marvel video game universe? Because I think that that's what we're building up to. We already have the announcement of Wolverine, and it's by Insomniac, guys. I, it would not shock me if they have the rights to, we are all waiting for a video game version of the MCU. What if Insomniac are the people who have the rights to the MVU? You see what I'm saying? Like, what if Marvel has been like, you know what? Let's see how you do with Spider-Man. And if Spider-Man does well, because remember, remember what was said. They said in development, the people at Insomniac, they said if this game was like uh, Iron Man for them. But for them. So what if they're meaning they're saying like, no, Marvel said, hey, if Spider-Man does good, then you have the right to make a connected universe within your like you get to control it you're in charge and obviously we'll butt in when we need to i feel like that's what's coming down the road if they get one more character after wolverine guys they get one more character you put it in the bag that's what's happening and but and we also need to see if wolverine does interact in some capacity with spider-man if he is in this universe in any way shape or form but either way Ah, this is my prediction that they are tying everything together. This is going to be a collective series of Insomniac's just Marvel. Insomniac's Marvel. That's what it will be. The Insomniac's Marvel series, you know? So, next series on the list, the Arkham games. Obviously, if we're going to talk about Spider-Man, we got to talk about the Arkham games. Obviously, guys, this game is just mwah, chef's kiss, you know? I, it's, it's just, it's everything you want. Every single one of them. The first game. You're having to go through the grounds of the uh, Arkham Asylum. You're having to deal with Joker trying to mess stuff up, trying to get you off your scent or get you off his scent. You know, trying to muck around, and you're having to, you know, sneak, and you're having to take out these guards, and you're having to do, do all this crap. So it's fun, and I really did like it. And again, it just it makes you feel like Batman. It makes you feel like the Bat. You know, I'm Batman. Or no, wait, what, what, did, what did homeboy say? I'm vengeance. <laughs> anyway, um, I really loved the, the first game, right? And it, it, it just made me have hope again for, not even again, have hope in general for a superhero game. Never did I have a good superhero game. I did like Spider-Man Friend or Foe, not gonna lie. That was from the PS2. I loved that game. And I did, I, I have a soft spot for, for Spider-Man games, real, uh, you know, realistically, because I, that's, that's kind of like what was the start of my gaming history, in a sense, on the PS1 when I was a kid, was playing the Spider-Man game over and over and over and over and over again because I didn't have a memory card. But either way, I, you know, this was the kind of mature version of it, an actual game game of like, this is like, they're putting in effort. You know what I mean? Like, this is a Batman game. And then we had Arkham City, where they're busting it out. And now you have you have a whole city to explore. And a whole city to uh, glide around in and mess stuff up in. And I love it. And then you get to Arkham Knight. 
and oh my gosh, they finally give you the dopest freaking Batmobile. I'm sorry. It is. You can hate me on it. I love that thing. That thing was awesome. I loved every mission that was for it. It was fantastic. I, I loved every minute of it. Every minute. But even Arkham Origins. Arkham Origins was in there too. And even though it wasn't the best, it was there. It's part of the series. And it tells the story. And it fleshes it out. And I did like it. I liked the mechanics that it tried to introduce. And I wish that they kind of went a little bit farther with that. And I kind of do wish that they had done that, you know, from the beginning. But again, technology gets a little bit better and better. And they're able to do a little bit different things. All right. Halfway through, guys. Gonna go to the next game. Sorry, the next series. Horizon. We got Horizon Zero Dawn on one side. Horizon Forbidden West on the other. We already know that we're coming out with a third game. So, this is a series. This is what I'm getting into. I'm telling you. I When they announced this game at, for the very first time, all I wanted to do was find out what the heck was going on with, the, with these machines. That's all I wanted to do. What is going on? I can't understand why this has happened. Why their world is like this. I need to know. So... I love this game. This game has a lot of lore and a lot of things that you can really get into and a lot of kind of, you know, um, upgrades that you can do to make the game kind of play the way that you want as well as make it way easier as well as way more fun because of the different things you can do and the different overrides that you can get. And it's just, it's it's very bliss. It's very it's a very fun and enjoyable game, an enjoyable experience. Again, for uh, Horizon Forbidden West completely swept me off of my feet. And I'm really hoping that another game, man, I'm waiting. Talks, the, the clock's ticking, man. We're in June, and I'm waiting for another game to do that, man, to sweep me off of my feet and just take me to town. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I want to find another game that will just engulf me. And I'm really thinking that if, if Ragnarok hits, man, if God of War Ragnarok hits that's going to be the game that does it. You know what I mean? Because the first game did that for me. I remember, I mean, I, I could not stop playing that game just like I did with Horizon. So I'm really hoping that we get to another game that I just really cannot wait to, you know, get my hands on every time I get off of work and stuff like that. But going to continue on next series. This is going to be a little weird one because I'm taking a little slice, a little slice out of a whole series. We're talking about Call of Duty, though. Now, not the huge, not the biggest Call of Duty fan now, but back in the day, when they, when the Modern Warfare series was hot and was popping, oh boy. And I'm not even talking about the multiplayer. I don't, I, I didn't start playing multiplayer until my adult years. I don't, I wasn't messing with multiplayer back then. I was having so much fun just playing the story modes, man. And I loved the story of all three of them. All three of them. In the second one, when you're running through the actual town, not the actual town, but the actual um, the actual city, um, or not even, yeah, no, no, the actual little town that you go through, and you have to like hide in the different convenience stores and the different um, the different houses. It was one of the craziest things I've, I had ever seen in a video game. You know what I mean? And I'm very, you know, excited to see kind of how they transition it into you know the new ones but i'm saying this is a little weird again because i'm taking a sliver of it it's not the entire call of duty series it's just those three games but also the new iteration that they have started as well has captivated me like i really need to before october because holy crap modern warfare 2 guys whoa but be, uh, before october i am going to replay modern uh, the new modern warfare I played that literally, that was the first game, the first game that I played when my daughter, after my daughter was born, the first game. So I want to get it back. I'm not saying I don't remember it, but I want to get it back. I mean, realistically, I don't remember it, but I want to get it back and play through it again and refresh my memory on like the events that happened before I get into this one. I mean, it's only going to be a couple, you know, what, six, seven hours. So it should be, should be all right to get through. Um, but I am very excited for you know the new iteration of it or the new the modern warfare 2 remake version 
whatever they're trying to call it. Um, but that is kind of that sliver that I want to take out of the Call of Duty series, of the, you know, franchise, realistically, as a whole. Uh, so, next series, the Ratchet and Clank series, guys. You gotta, you know, come on. Gotta give, gotta give Ratchet and Clank some love. Gotta give him some love. And I, you know, been playing this game since the PS2 generation. Did not play the PS3 games because I did not own a PS3 during that generation. I was on the 360 then, so... I missed out on all of the PS3 versions, and I've been tempted to go back and play through them on the, um, on, you know, what is now, uh, the new PS Plus subscription tier system, uh, but, you know, I have kind of not played them, you know, um, when it was on PS Now, so I'm debating on going back and trying out the PS3 ones, you know, I feel like I might just stick with, you know, uh, Ripped Apart if I want to go back and feel some Ratchet and Clank, because, or maybe even the first one, you know, I, I really loved going through and uh, getting the platinum for both. So I'm not really worried about, you know, not liking either of them. I do really like both of them. So that's kind of where I'm sitting at with it. But next series, got to put it here. I didn't want to put it, but I was like, you know what, man? I've been playing this game for years. I've been playing this game for like literally over a decade. Got to put it on here. FIFA. It's FIFA, guys, man. Like I've been playing FIFA for... God knows how long, and realistically, that's the last the, the last game, it's on here for that same reason, like, man, I've been playing that one for a hot minute, too, but FIFA, I've been playing this game for, since I started high school, 2010, when I started playing soccer uh, with the team, and, you know, everybody in my soccer, all my soccer team, they would be playing FIFA, and they, you know, they'd have parties where we're playing different tournaments and everything, and um, I'd ha I had to get better at it, you know what I mean, so that's kind of the start of what I had with FIFA, and over the years, I'd get pretty much every single game. Now, I have slowed down on buying the games as of late, but that's mostly because I, I mean, at this point, we're getting them on either um, Game Pass or through PS Plus every month. Not every month, but, you, you know, one of the monthly games, because they gave us 2021, uh, you know, last year, and then we just got 2022. So I'm like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with not spending the money on it. You know what I mean? Like I can wait for one of these services to get it on their platform. And then I'll just play it that way. Cause I really just want to get in, play a couple matches and then get out at these days. But you know, before back in the day, man, I, I really was, I, I was really playing that. And I do again, I, I get in every year and I do want, I, every now and then I do like to get in and play a few matches, but the last series on here. It's another racing game, guys, that you probably know. It. It's Need for Speed. Need for Speed. And, again, this one made it on here because I've been playing this game since I was a kid, man. And they're still coming out with games, and I've still been playing them. And if they come out with another one, I'm going to want to play the new Need for Speed because I do really like the Need for Speed franchise. Like, I do. It's, it's, it's a great series of games to play. Like, they really are. And, I mean, they have had the few that have kind of flopped, but, you know, they they have really, you know, tried some different things, and they've tried to do, you know, um, just go in out of the box and try new and exciting things to try to, you know, shake up the formula or whatever. But, uh, you know, I do really care, and I do really like this uh, this game or this series. And it's a, it's a kind of different love for it than... Forza Horizon, because again, Forza Horizon gives me that nostalgia of like, this is what next gen is, you know what I mean? Like, I so every new console, I want to play Forza because I want to get that nostalgic feeling, and Need for Speed is more like childhood nostalgia, so it's, there are two different kinds of, you know, uh, on the line of nostalgia, and the other thing is that, you know, yeah, they're both racing, but uh, you know, Need for Speed is a different kind of racing game than, you know, Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon is you know, you can get pretty much any car in that, you know, and it's, it's just a, it's a more bliss and beautiful experience in Forza Horizon as opposed to Need for Speed. It is what it is. You know, they have, they've got some beautiful environments, I'm sure, in, need, in some of the Need for Speed games, but they're nothing on what Forza Horizon can provide, you know, so it is what it is there. But let's go through real quick before we end this show here, and let's rank these Game, uh, these series, my personal ranking of them, that is. So, number one, I don't know if you guys can guess, but it's going to be Gears of War. Gears of War is number one on the list. It's got to be number one. I couldn't put it anywhere else. Couldn't put it any lower. And now again, 
it doesn't, you know, where I'm putting these, it's not like, oh, well, you know, that means these games are crap. No, it's just like, these are just my personal, you know, what I put more highly in my head of like what I would more gravitate towards. These are the games. So Insomniac, Spider-Man, any of them. Yes. Put them in my face. I'm going to play it. I cannot wait for Spider-Man 2. Cannot wait for it. Assassin's Creed, number three, number four, Arkham Games, number five, Horizon, number six, Ratchet and Clank, number seven, Forza Horizon, number eight, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, number nine, Need for Speed, which leaves number 10 being FIFA. All right, guys. Well, that is my ranking of this series of games. And as you can see again, this is just like my kind of personal taste. This is what uh, the series that I know I have played, you know, a lot through the years. So I just kind of wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out. You know what I'm saying? Like, because again, these are, these, these are kind of games that, you know, shaped the foundation of my gaming history. So it's important to kind of go back and look at those things and kind of see that again. That's why FIFA made this list because I'm like, well, dang, man, like I have played that game for years. I have played that game for years. So I, it kind of has to go on this list. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's not saying it's the, it's what stays and what is the most relevant in my head of gaming series. But guys, we're going to end the show here. Again, thank you for joining me on episode 18 of the JMR Podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at JediMasterRen. Remember, the R in Ren is the same R for Master. Remember, you can use that code at the beginning of the show on Zox.LA. It will be linked in the show notes as well. Um, please wait and follow the show wherever you get your podcast services. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at JMR, at the JMR Podcast. There are hologram links there as well. But as always, guys, may the Force be with you.